From Breaking Bad to Calling Saul, agents led by Son of Call. Oh, Game of Thrones, who's the next to die? House of Cards is full of lies. Supergirl just flew on by. We're chilling, watching Netflix. How much time's gone by? We're talking TV. From suits to supernatural. Talking TV. Blacklist and the Rebels. Sherlock's Big Bang with Orphan Black. True Detective bombed at second crack. The Walking Dead. Arrow and the Flash. Get into gig, we're talking gifted X-Men TV. Yeah, it's Marvel. Yeah, Maddie's here. My name is Mitch. We're back to talk episode three of the first season, Exodus. Uh, So if you have joined us in the uh, new series, if uh, you haven't though, it's on Fox 8. Uh, Yeah, a little bit behind the uh, the state, so you might not have heard about this much because it made a big splash months ago when it was on in America. But Mm. uh, into its debut season here, they are coming back for season two, so still not a bad time to get on board. And uh, we're basically here to talk through it. Maddie's going to be here to tell you how amazing it is because you love your X-Men and you love this goddamn series. I love this goddamn series and in particular this episode. Yeah. I've got, I'm actually, normally I write stuff in a book, but for some reason I've been doing this in the, uh, in the, in the iPad. And I've I've just I've started using heart emojis <laughs> when it gets to certain little things that I'm. Well, re- that's just for yourself. You know, that's really how you feel. Like, yeah, I send you a message. You're in our group chats, and you start using emojis or gifs. That's one thing. You're doing that for a bit of oomph, yeah. a little bit of flavour. When you're just doing that in your personalised notes. Look at, look at that note. Look at that note I've got there. With oh, that's three full little, of hearts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That is reference to the the opening scene. Yeah. The little flashback to um, Eclipse and um, that was Polaris. Really cool, man. Just ah, oh, the aurora borealis, yeah, and just the um, just finding the joy in what makes them different. Yeah, it's like Eclipse was kind of she was like, oh, so what do you do for fun with your powers? And he's like, what do you mean? Like, my powers aren't fun. Like, and just helping him find the joy. Yeah, in in that, and then the fact that their powers come by their powers combined, <laughs> they are cap no. Um, just the fact that it's like, you know, the, the Aurora, that's really clever. That's like science meets sci-fi. It's like, yeah, yeah, light and magnets equals the Aurora Borealis. So it's like, that's a really cool cool. idea. And even just like when he's, when she said, oh, you know, the, I've I've always wanted to actually go there and see it in person. They say it's the most beautiful thing on earth. And he looks at it and goes, not even close. I'm like, like, oh, "Oh, damn, you'd get me over the line with that line, boy. Right. You're just like, all right, taking Uh, my panties off too. And look, okay, I gotta be honest. Like, I know that I've said over the last uh, couple of weeks on Geek that, you know, if you listen to all of our gear, we were talking about um, uh, Legends of Tomorrow and our DC chats. I've got a real thing for Zari. Uh, when we're talking about is. Agents of Shield, uh, not that I got a thing for it, but there's like some kind of strange, weird attraction uh, to Sonara, who's like this evil bitch that kills people. Um, yeah, that opening scene. I'm like Polaris. She's. I'm like she's stunning. She's a she's beautiful, gorgeous. beautiful, she's beautiful woman. Uh, again, I got a real thing for eyes, and I guess the way they play with her eyes because of her power, and just she looks a little bit not quite the same as Blink, where they've quite clearly made her wear um you know uh, contact, contact lenses, yeah. or they're you know doing it in post. I don't know, but I, um, I'm kind of feeling Blink myself. Yeah, mate. No of... arguments. <laughs> no arguments here. Um, no, I really like that opening scene too. It was. I mean, I just said at the start of this podcast, it's not a bad spot to still jump on board this show, like three episodes in, because mm. there is a good rule about TV. If you want to test a show, and like for you and me watching an X Men 
live action TV show, we'll just watch the whole thing anyway. Like if it's even mm. okay, we'll watch. I'll the give whole it. Thing. I mean, mate, if I sat through the entire first season of Discovery, I'll watch anything. <laughs> so <laughs> that's I'll, not a bad. Yeah, okay, that's not a like bad rule. I'll, I'll bring that to you in the future. Yeah. I'll give everything a chance. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. give it a chance. Yeah. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna shit shit can something before I've seen it. Yeah. I might not be sold on the particular idea. Yeah. But I'm open to it. I'll give it a crack. If it's shit, I'll stop watching it. If yeah. it's good, I'll keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And so three episodes is a good general rule that I'm surprised with some people that they say the pilot episode is often the worst episode of a show. And I'm like, I wouldn't ever say that. Like, because no. they, they, that's where they're trying to sell their show. It's called a pilot episode well, because, you know. Back in the day, it was, you know, the 90s and stuff like that. The pilot was usually like, for a 40 minute mm. TV show, it was like, it was two episodes, it was movie length. Mm. They threw shitloads of budget into it because yep. you're establishing the universe and all, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, if anything, it's that, it's the episode after the pilot is normally yeah. the, the one that it really drops off. Because the budget's just disappeared. And that hasn't happened with this show in episode two. And then you get to this third episode. Like, if you were going to give this show the three episode test, you would absolutely be on board. Like, this yeah. is a really good little really show. Good. And what I've found, I think it's mainly the way they edit up the previously on The Gifted uh, at the start of the show. It's got a real a really good flow from one episode to the next. It, it doesn't even really feel like an episodic sort of television at this stage. It it, it almost feels like one story. Like, I know it's made it's by a, Fox. It's a bit Games of, Game of Thrones-y in well, the way it's just yeah. one whole story. To me, it, I don't know whether it was just because it is made by the studio Fox, but I was likening it a little bit to 24, where obviously that was all over the space ah, of so one I never day. I board 24, so yeah. I don't have that but as a But you know reference. the concept, like, you know, yeah. that it was one day, so quite clearly in episode four, they were going to, you know, they would talk about what happened in the last couple of episodes as if they'd happened in the last few hours, because they did. This very much feels like it's, it's so far, it's only three episodes in, that it's one movie chopped up into three bits, or it's the first three acts mm. of a, a big story. Yeah, because I did say last week, like, last week's episode didn't really grab me in that it was, it seemed to be a lot of setup. Mm. And I feel like we got the payoff here. Yeah, We definitely absolutely. got the payoff here. I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm really starting to like, I mean, obviously, you know, the idea of mutants are a parallel for insert whatever's going on in... Insert minority. Yeah, insert minority. You know, when it was created in the 60s, it was one thing. You know, when the movies were made in sort of, you know, the early 2000s, it was, it could be, but very much the same thing as it is now, but something different. And now it could be something uh, different again. But the idea of showing one group of people or even the normals, you know, in this case, the humans, uh, the unpowered folk, being forced to live as a mutant and then how they're treated because of it, you know, and you're seeing the uh, the matriarch of uh, of the Strucker family go and visit her brother-in-law and her brother-in-law wants to kick her out of the house. He's that like, was brutal. Yeah. Like, even if you can't empathise with these mutant characters, mm. maybe you're just, you know, six foot tall, blonde hair, blue eyes, jock person who's never been a minority in your entire life, mm. so you can't, you know relate to any of this you've never had sort of strife and troubles it's like well most people have a family they have brothers and sisters and stuff like that it's like mm. so it's like you're, you're they're getting they're coming at you from all sides mm. it's like now yeah the mother is being sort of persecuted and, and put down because of her children yeah to her brother yeah like can you imagine that i mean you're you're you what you're the eldest of three kids mm-hmm. you've got your own kids mm. it's like imagine going to one of your siblings for help and then going no because of something your kid is. It's yeah. like, whoa. 
Yeah, yeah that's yeah. heavy. And even the way that he tried, he's like, "Look, I will, I'll give you money, but you can't stay here. Like, you know, your yeah, I'll your pa- decisions. I'll pay you and, off to not be my problem yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's affecting me. Like, you know, and I can't go somewhere because of the way that people look at me. And then when all of that guy's neighbors show up at the end. And that it's was like, some KKK shit right yeah, there. Man. Like they may as well have had white hoods and pitchforks. Yeah, and that like even just <laughs> I don't know, just the idea of like how ballsy they were when they knocked that. Well, before they knocked him down, and the um the guy, you know, the black guy behind him. I don't know whether like who he was in the grand scheme of things, but he said to the bloke leading the charge, he's like, "What are you doing, man? Stop like arguing with the bloke who owns the house." He goes, "Let's just mm. go in." I'm like, "You're talking about just breaking into someone's house." It's like, yeah. "Hey, hi. Um, you have no right over your own home now because of who's in there. So yeah. uh, you obviously don't understand that. So we're all going to go in and cleanse this now." And I love that they were like they thought to include a black man to mm. do that. That he was so. I don't even think he was the only non-white guy in that. Yeah. I, I swear there was. I think. At least there was an Asian guy in the group as well, and that was a really nice touch that yeah. it was showing. Hey, that as humans, it doesn't matter what they are, and it's like these people might have been persecuted against. Or again, you know, in a, in a different variation of X Men, a different time, this story would have been told. It would have been an allegory for the way white people treated black people. Now it's yeah. you know something completely well, different. Because I got such a KKK vibe to it, yeah. like the pickup truck, yep. the shotguns, yeah, all that yeah, sort yeah. of stuff. The fact that non-white people like were were on board yeah, that yeah. just shows the level of like mistrust and and hate towards mm. the mutants. It's mm. just oh mind blowing. Just yeah. mind boggling. And just the way they're being chased too for little things. Although every mutant in this story doesn't feel safe regardless of what they're doing. If they're playing a big part like they're part of this mutant underground or they're someone who's just trying to hide minuscule powers none of them feel safe because yeah. and that's where I, I liken it to the way that, you know, whether it's uh, you know, Americans and uh Muslims at the moment where in in this story, you know the, the the humans are saying, "Oh, it's only the bad ones we want to punish," but we're locking up everybody. Yeah, you don't need to know that. But we're locking up everybody, but we're yeah. only punishing the bad ones, right. guys. You know, so you're wearing a headscarf, therefore you must be bad. So we'll lock you up just in case, yeah, because you might be one of the bad ones. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like it's oh, really. Yeah, I think they're doing such a a good job of of showing, hey, this is what it's like to live in these people's shoes, and yeah. how much it sucks to be them. How awful we as the normals uh look to them and and again then again how good they are when like they're being chased in that truck and you had johnny driving the truck and they're they're trying to get away from the kkk guys uh chasing after them and and they're saying we've got to find another we've got to find another way you know that doesn't end in bloodshed like we we don't need to kill these guys they were they were Almost at risk of sacrificing themselves just so they didn't have to inflict violence yeah. on these human guys. And it wasn't like they were just innocent bystanders. These were guys that were actually out to kill them, but they didn't want... Okay, probably didn't want the heat of killing these humans. Mm. But at the same time... Well, it's it's like they're being persecuted yeah. for being dangerous, yeah. but the humans are putting them into the situation where they have to use their powers to defend themselves. Mm-hmm. And it is. It's like bringing a gun to a knife fight with yeah. some of these powers they've got. So suddenly they use their powers, which are destructive, and it just starts the cycle all over again mm. when it's like, well, they, they didn't start it. Yeah. It's like they were trying to get away peacefully and quietly. It's only because these idiots rocked up in that pickup truck at the start, like in the front yard, mm. wanting to have a go at them in a house that they've got no control over. Yeah. It just, yeah, just... Really well done. Really so, well done. So well done. And um, you have to, there's a great moment uh, just prior to that when um, they're, the, the kids are up in the in the bedroom playing the video games and yeah. stuff like that. And 
uh, Laura gets onto onto her Instagram, or whatever. Mm. It is, and you've got to freeze frame it, but there's the shot of their old house. Yeah, and it's been graffitied with just horrible derogatory words, you know, mutie and all that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah. And then it's like a friend of hers, like a guy and his girlfriend. They've like, like a taken something? a selfie in front yeah. of it, holding up their spray can. Like they're so proud that they've like graffitied the the, the, the empty home. There's yeah. no threat. For some reason that really like struck a nerve with me. Mm. Like I was just like, and especially that Laura was like, oh, that was that was a friend of hers or something yeah. like that. And yeah. they and they're putting up an Instagram posting. They're so tough, graffitiing an empty house. Yeah, and it's just like. Really? Yeah. Oh. It was the same way I felt in episode one when those uh, the you know the school bullies dragged in Andy into the uh, bathroom to not even beat him up they were just torturing him you know like scalding him with yeah, hot water and then and... cold water at the same time and yeah harassing him and abusing him and that really gets me when I see those sort of like you know almost one dimensional characters. Um, but because that's what those people are in real life, just like, oh, you're that, I'm this, therefore this must happen to you. Yeah. And I want to just jump through the screen and I'm like, who the f*** do you think you are? You know, you assholes. I hate those sort of characters, real life and, and in fiction, although they, they need to be there for fiction. But then this too, when those guys showed up at the end in the truck and they're just like, get out of the way, you know, we've got to go, you know who's in there and we've got to do this. And I'm like, they haven't f***ing done anything. Right? F*** off. Like, don't even I, know who they are. I start getting... And I'm like, mind you, I'm watching this late at night. I've got my nine-month-old son asleep in my chest. <laughs> I'm like trying to be quiet. And I just feel really angry. But I think that's just... It's saying a lot about how well this show is doing exactly what the X-Men are all about. And yeah. hey, the, about the persecution not, of the innocent. And, and It does all this, but it's not preachy. Mm. It's kind of just laying it out there. And like I said, you can apply it to any particular group hating on another particular group because they're different. Mm. It can be anything. It's yeah. like, it's not, it's not hammering it too hard on whether it's religion, gender, yeah. sexuality. And maybe that's where if they would have had like race. almost that black guy in the group sort of almost have a bit of an existential sort of conversation with himself going, well, hang on, you know, my people were once persecuted mm. and nothing was wrong with them. And now I'm pers who am I? And then like look to the camera as if to say, see people well, maybe you don't like, you're right. That would be a bit preachy, but because yeah. it's just, no, in that world, it's almost like racism or, you know, judging someone's religion or anything like that doesn't exist. The only judgment and persecution put on one group of people by another are humans against mutants. Yeah, it's almost like mutants existing has united the rest of humanity. Yeah. Like they've forgotten about all those things mm. because they all seem to pale in com in comparison to these mutants. Yeah. You know, that it's, yeah, I just, I love that, that it's just so, it's just left so open. Yeah. You can, you can attach your own sort of internal sort of, struggles yeah. to that. And it's almost, I guess, without the X-Men, without the Brotherhood in this show, when you go and say even just the movies, because that's been my main sort of education on what X-Men are about, I haven't read comics, haven't seen a lot of the uh, the, the old school like animations or anything like that, but you had the X-Men who absolutely do not kill humans. We are here to keep ourselves quiet, um, to keep humans safe, keep ourselves safe, but we're not into a war with humans. We're not here to do anything bad. Brotherhood are like, f*** the humans. They're out to persecute us. We're better. We're better. They're the as and the great line, the great line in the uh, in the first film. We are the future, Charles, not them. You know, they no longer matter. Yeah. Whereas in this, you got this group, and I don't, you know, I, I'm not after these guys to save humans like I was in X Men One, Two, and everything else. No, where they're not I'm heroes. siding with the X Men because they oh, they want to protect humans and mutants. These guys just want to stay alive. Yeah. So I'm like, humans are a bunch of pricks, but at the same time, I don't want them to go and kill everyone. But yeah. it's like, well. 
some of them could probably still... afford to die, but they're, they're not out there to go and, yeah, they're not out there to go and kill all these humans. No, so they're almost like anything, a nice middle ground. To, they're trying to get away. They're yeah. trying to get away from these so they can live their lives away from these humans mm. that are hunting them. Mm. Um, it's almost a little bit sort of walking dead. It's like the normal humans are the zombies and, yeah. and we're the survi- like the mutants are the survivors. Yeah. And they're just trying to get away to survive. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. You know, that's all they want to do. But yeah, there's that. It's that moral sort of gray area. Mm. It's like how far can they go to use their powers mm. before they become everything they're trying to prove the world they're not. Yeah. And I think Andy seems to be the the great focal point for that at the moment. Mm. Like when he does, like when they're all out and he sort of explodes the front door and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. He seems to be getting a little bit seduced by his powers. And yeah. I feel like he could quite easily go Yeah, man, I want him to go. <laughs> it, it, it really does. I think I mentioned it last week. It really does remind me of uh, Pyro from yeah. X-Men 2. Yeah. It's well, just... that, that was almost a... The exact same setting uh, yeah. as that. You know, it was daytime. You had a group of people out the front of this house, mutants there, trying to calm everyone down, and one guy just going too far with his powers. At least in this show, threatening to go too far. Yeah, and then you can you can apply that that sort of scenario to someone with a gun. Mm. It's like you know, I've got a mate who's in the army. If he picks up a gun. I'm not scared. Mm. He he's responsible. He knows what to do. He knows what's going on. But in the fact that any lunatic can get a gun in some countries, mm. that's where it gets dangerous. Yeah, you know. Mm. So it's it's that it's that power, that uncontrolled power means you could you suddenly have power over everyone around you, mm. but you don't know how to control it. You don't know how to use it properly. Yeah, is is I find really interesting. And then you got I guess the other side of this episode, which was Reed Strucker. and he's striking up a deal with the uh, Sentinel Services, saying, "Yeah, okay, I'll." There's only one person I really know that could get me in touch with the mutant brotherhood, and I'll go through him, and I'll get you know get in there. I'll be a mole, and I'll give all this up if it means my family will be safe. I will take the fall, and I will give you every other mutant you want, but you let my family go. And again, putting him in the same situation as his wife, where he's seeing how they live. He is with that mother and the daughter, mm. and like the mother, the whole every scene that she's in, she's crying. Like she's so upset. The daughter's there trying to stay cool, but maybe doesn't really know what's going on. But all she knows is her mum's probably told her everything's going to be okay. Don't worry. Don't worry. And they're in the exact place they need to be. It's going to be safe. Tonight they're going to leave. And he just slowly sits there going, man, what am I? I have become a f***ing monster. Like, what am I doing to these people? And then when he opens up, he's like, I'm trying trying to help you people. Throw me out of the car. Like, you just just leave me, you know? And then he made the car disappear and he's out and like, he did the right thing and then he just has that moment where he looks at the agent and he's like, fuck you, mate. Yeah. Lock me up. See if I give a shit, you know? I, like The one thing I found weird there though is that the agent, when he comes up and confronts him, yeah. it's it's like the agent knew that he voluntarily jumped out of the van. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, he could have been discovered and thrown out. Yeah. Like, and I was waiting for him to bullshit and go, yeah. they made oh, they me or something. They threw, yeah. One of the mutants could detect my implant or yeah. whatever. And, and that's where he's a out. badass for me. It's even like, yeah, yeah, I did it. Yeah, I yeah. said that. I did it? What? <laughs> What? What yeah. are you going to do? What are you going to do? And just a, a, a brief little moment that built on what we learned about that agent from last week where he had that... It wasn't even a real, like, you know, the the veils down sort of thing. Are you talking about so, the text? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh, I wanted to vomit when I saw that. <laughs> oh. Well, the only reason I, I not so much liked it, but just the idea... Because it was such a generic line, like, oh, hey, safe, love you, really proud of you. But just the idea that... I guess in my mind why I appreciated it, um, for lack of a better word, is just the idea that like he's he's out here, like he said, I don't give a f- my daughter died, mm. I don't care. That his wife thinks that too. Like just at home, they're like, well, 
back then we were probably a, a bit of a fence sitter. Now it's just like, no, 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 these guys yeah. need to go. Well, that's an interesting point because my first thought was she doesn't know what mm. he's doing. Mm. Like she, 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 in the, in the same way Reed thought he was doing the right thing when he was working for Sentinel Services. Yeah. I almost feel like the wife doesn't know the dirty depths to yeah. which he's going. Yeah. So her saying proud of you is like, she's proud that he's out there trying to stop like their mutant version of nine 11 mm. happening again. Yeah. But he's taking it as like, as like carte blanche to do whatever he wants. It's yeah. like, he's doing this shady shit. Yeah. And then he's still reading texts from her saying, I'm proud of you. Yeah. And, and I was said, just like, that's, Ugh. yeah, no, and that's probably more likely, you know, but yeah, I never, I never occurred to me that, yeah, she could totally be on board with everything he's doing. She yeah. could be, she could be worse. When yeah. it turns out like she's the actual villain for the yeah. season, because she's just like pushing him to do like f***ed up shit. Yeah, I um, guess in my own head, canon is what we've the 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 bit pieces that we've learned about him is that yeah, his daughter died, but that was his only child, and so he and his wife they've been distraught. And rather than just walk away from doing what he's doing, he's out there. He's using his grief to you know further his work, his job, you know whatever. And she's 100% behind him. And the fact that he, he's out there maybe doing something that the old him never would have done, but he thinks or knows he has to do because of what happened to mm. his daughter. And, or maybe to support what you said, is that she doesn't know that he's you know gone to such depths. And maybe he didn't prior to episode one, but it's only now through this shit where, and now that you've got humans helping out these mutants and a parent who did work for them or at least work with them, refusing to give up other mutants, that's just making him angrier and want to dig down, dig deeper and do worse things he never thought he was capable of. We've never had that moment where he goes and, you know, washes his face and looks himself in the mirror and goes, hey, am I ready to go to this area? So I'm more likely to think that... Which I hope they don't do. No. I'm happy for him to just... That's who he is. ...be this. Yeah, because it's something you just said then that really sort of suddenly just clicked in my head is you said grief is his motivator. Mm. And it's like, well, that's a really nice parallel because most mutants, their powers are activated by some kind of emotion. Mm-hmm. Like Andy's is anger. Mm. Um, other people's is fear. Yeah. Some, you know, things like that. So I love, I actually really like the idea that everything he's doing, he's, he's exuding his power. His mm. power is the law and his resources. That's his mutant power. And it's activated by grief. Yeah. So I really, I, I like that sort of... Um, he is he's almost like he's almost like an evil mutant he just doesn't have any mutant powers yeah. so it's like he's he's using every power he has to to stop these mutants uh and it's all down comes from a place of grief yeah so i like that so yeah i, I hope we don't see him questioning it and because we've already got reed there i think he's the ex-sentinel services guy yeah who's seeing things from the other side walking a mile in another person's shoes questioning all the things he did in the past so i'm kind of glad we just have this one guy who's just like no i'm totally down with everything i'm doing yeah um, I don't care. And he's not there to deliver, you know, mustache twirling lines or anything like that. Like he's a very subtle villain in the way that I know I said the other week that I really like the way that he delivers his lines. And it's probably because I liked that actor from when he was on third watch way back when, because he just sounds like one of the boys. Like even when he's talking to Strucker and he's like, 
you don't want to do that, man, because you know what's going to happen if if we do that. So yeah. you don't want to do that, anyway. So I mean, you can do that, but yeah, that's right. You just never see kids again. Like yeah. he's not there. Like, do you know what I'll do to your children? Right. You know? I and, feel like and he... creeping around behind him and like staring and you know through yeah. his ear. And well, now we have this this Doctor Campbell. If we finally got mm. a name, Doctor Campbell. Like I feel like that's what he's going to be. Yeah. Whereas um the Central Services guy, he's he's almost like he's like a force of nature. He's like a storm on the horizon. Yeah. It's like it's he's eventually going to catch up to the mutant underground. You yeah. know, it's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. They're doing everything they can to avoid it, yeah. you know, but eventually he's going to catch up to them at some point and it's going to go down. We know it's going to happen. It's yeah. going to go down. And I wonder whether, now that you said it, it just reminded me of that guy. Yeah, I forgot that he, he did show up at the end, but are we going to see almost like three parties in this show? You know, because it would be very easy for this, for Dr. Campbell and the Sentinel Services just to join forces, go after the mutants. Or are we going to see the mutants who obviously want to get away? This guy wants to catch them and then you've got Campbell who wants to experiment on them or uh, I mean I don't know I, I don't see his his mission his ideals aligned with what Sentinel Services yeah. are so I feel like it's almost like they're going to have two antagonists to have to deal with in the future yeah I'm hoping they don't like obviously I think I think Campbell is going to manipulate agent whatever his name is we mm. really need to learn this guy's name <laughs> um, he's definitely going to manipulate him and to push him even further yeah. but what I kind of hope is I hope then agent guy doesn't come back onto our side about it. Like yeah. I, I want him to, I want Dr. Campbell to push him. So I want those two to kind of have a bit of conflict and maybe Dr. Campbell will be the big bad for the season. I, mm-hmm. I don't know, but I kind of just want the Sentinel services guy to not suddenly be on our side. Mm-hmm. I want him to disagree with Cam, And I'm sure Campbell will give him access to some really shady shit like mm-hmm. technology or whatever. But yeah, I kind of want them to just kind of have this sort of little back and forward. And it's like, no, Agent, the agent is going to do what he's going to do, but within his own sort of legal, moral sort of grey area. Yeah. But I don't want him at any point to suddenly start feeling for the mutants mm. because I think you know he's just he's just very matter of fact about it. Yeah. And I think what that also does is gives us insight into Reed's background as well because mm. Reed used to work for the same company. So it's yeah, uh, it's coming together really nicely. Like we're only three episodes in. I feel like we've gotten not so much a lot of story, but. It's packing a lot in anyway to the first uh, three episodes. So, um, mm. yeah, anyway, can't wait till next week we get to talk about uh, just the fourth episode. It's crazy. I feel like I've been talking about it again for so long because <laughs> of all the shit that's been going on and I've got a lot of love for this show already. So There is one thing I want to mention and I just had to have a little bit of laugh of it because it kind of did take me out of the world a little bit. Yeah. Is... Um uh, Johnny Thunderbird, when he takes uh, Blink outside and they're kind of, he's trying to teach her how to use her powers and mm. focus on something, all that sort of stuff. I find it funny that he's like, he's running a mutant underground. They're on the run. They don't have enough food and all that sort of stuff. But he's got enough forethought just to like, when he puts his shirt on, just to do that little roll just on the <laughs> shoulders, just to emphasize the biceps just a little bit. I'm just like... Well, there's always time for that. You always, always, you know. Yeah, always time. He's keeping fit on the run. Always time to well, actually, candy. on that too, we didn't even mention Dreamer, like her her power to like, what, give people memories or... Yeah. She's very much a... um, She's going to be the new grey area for them, I think. Yeah. Because she's willing to... And I think at the end she does, doesn't she? Yeah, she, she does. And, and that... I. It didn't take a lot of convincing with with Blink when she's like she's like I don't know if I can do what I can do and then she you know gave her memories of being in love with Johnny and they've got you know, this long history together probably I don't know but at least she's in love with him and then she comes to and she's like hey can you open up a portal Johnny she's like absolutely I can yeah, I'm like well, hang on Johnny, Blink you course. lying bitch like if this is what you know you can do now you were quite clear. anyway whatever and they go yeah. outside and she she does that and it seemed like oh well that's okay it sucks for her because she's obviously gonna have to realize that it's all a lie 
but just the way that Johnny looked at Dreamer and was like, you you know what you've done yeah. now. And I don't. Like, as a viewer, I'm like, what, what, hang on, what, what? How bad is this other than just an awkward conversation? Or, yeah. I mean, has she, you know, lived in her own mind now? Has she got like a, a double life? Like, has she lived an entire other, at least yeah. last is year, it, two, five years? Is it a moment years? or is it, because yeah. obviously they, they did hint at the fact that Dreamer and Johnny were together at some point. Mm. So it's like, yeah, is she just given a blink her entire back catalogue of stuff she's done with Johnny? Yeah. Or, and then can she take those memories back? Like, yeah. as Minister Abjic, if she gives a, a thought or a dream or something like that, yeah. Can she take it back, yeah. or is it permanently part of that person? And you've got to think it's permanent, because otherwise, what's the what's the big deal? But man, that's yeah. a it. It's one of these powers in these sort of settings and in this show where you're like, oh, it's not as cool or as badass as uh, you know someone else's power. That's more physical, but that's some dangerous yeah. shit. You know, like even last week, the idea that they have a mutant there that's just there to emit fear. Yeah. So anyone driving past, any soldiers, whatever, go past. No one's going to come in because they're just scared and they don't understand why. Like, that's a really cool little power. And hers is something similar, like actually implanting memories. And just how different. And and props to Jamie Chung for the way that she played that. Like, once she got those new memories in, she was, performance-wise, she was a different character. Yeah. Like, crazy And to think that she's only been living with this, like, as an actress, she's yeah. been living with this character for, like, two and a half episodes, mm. and then suddenly she's got to completely change yeah. sort of the, the way she does things. Yeah. Because uh, Blink has always kind of, she's been a runner. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, okay, she's going to stand up and she's going to um, she's gonna fight because she, she loves Johnny now. Yeah. But I find it great from Dreamer's point of view. Now, Dreamer is a character that they've kind of adopted. There's a Morlock called Beautiful Dreamer. Morlocks are the mutants who live like in the sewers underground all that sort of stuff. You see them a bit in, in X-Men 3. They kind of try and touch on them. Mm. So she's kind of a variation on that. But I just love the fact that from her point of view, it's like she's not doing anything to hurt into She's actually saving lives by what she's doing. Mm. So it's there's no physical um, damage she's doing, but she can definitely do some some psychological damage if she starts, you know, putting too many memories in. Or yeah. Something. It's... It's very interesting. I'm, I'm keen to see how that goes. And the fact that she's willing to dabble in that gray area, which is what's great. Like you were saying earlier on, how it's not just the X-Men and the, and the Brotherhood. It's this group in the middle who yeah. haven't don't really have an allegiance. I'm sure if, if the X-Men didn't exist and the Brotherhood did, I'm sure they'd be going to the Brotherhood for help because mm. they're these stronger, more prominent mutants mm. that would help them. So Might not agree with everything they say, but they're going to help them more than the humans are, yeah. That's it, exactly. It's still some of their kind. So I love that... Within this sort of mutant underground, there is sort of some you could see going towards the Brotherhood, and some you could see going towards uh, the X Men. Because I think in the in the cartoons and even in the comics and stuff, Polaris actually has spent some time on X Force and the mm. X Men, but has also been part of the Brotherhood as well. Like yeah, she's, yeah, yeah. you know, she's she's gone back and forth a couple of times. So. Yeah, I'm very excited to see where this goes. Yeah, we look forward to that. Hopefully, we're going to get some more of that anyway in episode four as far as the Dreamer stuff goes. I don't think they can not touch on it. And the way that this mm. show has gone so far, for me anyway, the first three episodes where it's really flowed like it's all one long episode, we definitely will. But in the meantime, you can check out uh, Maddie and I talking other Marvel TV, uh, network TV, with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You can check that out on the podcast channels. Uh, on the other side of the comic coin, uh, Ben, Terry, and I talking DC TV as well. 
well on the podcasting channels. Like and subscribe on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you just want to come and uh, chat to me about some extra stuff, please talk to me about geek shit. It's just like, <laughs> it's not a chore. He if doesn't anything. have enough of it in his life. He I, needs more. Yeah, I live for this shit. Just someone comes <laughs> yeah. in, oh, who's your favorite X-Men? Well, here's the next three hours of my life. Uh, at Mitch underscore Lewis. I'm not that boring, but come and chat anyway. <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. Maddie, where are you? Uh, at Maddie on Instagram and Come on, don't get into that again. All right, we'll be back uh, next week to talk more gifted right here on Get Into Geek. Get into geek.com.